just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekulver, the Louisville Real Estate Show with you till the top of the hour. Thank you for joining us, folks. With us on today's show, some great folks, and we've got some great questions as well. I think you'll all find uh, good information, and maybe it'll be, even be entertained along the way. Cora Henderson is back with us by popular demand from Pitt & Frank LLC. She's one of the head folks over there. You can reach Cora and her team, and you can pick the closing attorney that you want. 895-9900. She will do the job. So will her folks over at Pitt and Frank. Also here, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. They come in as a team, and they get the job done. And they are now, and have been for the well, more than a half a year, the number one Home Team Inspection Service eight years in a row. And we expect that. Well, we don't want to jinx it, but we do think it's going to be up there. And Hope uh, so. should, I hope so. And I should tell you, Brad uh, not only serves Louisville, but home team. He's taken over now Frankfurt and Lexington. So if you're within the sound of this uh, blowtorch 840 WHAS, you should be able to use home team inspection service. And I can tell you from personal experience, his group is great. They do a great job. They worked for myself when I bought a house a number of years ago. And you can also reach him for Team Bug Out, which is his new enterprise. So you can do, well, you can get your termites and anything else that is involved in bugs uh, yeah. eliminated for home team it's 844-411-TEAM for team bug out it's 357-7700 and yeah. i'm bob sakota yep uh, you can reach me if you're thinking about selling your home and it's not too late to uh, put your home on the market now in fact we've got a bunch of homes that we're putting on the market in the next couple of weeks which is because the market is so hot and we'll talk more about that but the point is if you're thinking of selling this year or next year, just feel free. Give me a call. We can talk by phone, uh, Zoom. I'll come out in person. It's free. There's no obligation to discuss and uh, hopefully give you a path of how to get wherever you want to be. Even with the higher interest rates, it may not be today or tomorrow, but in the next couple of years, they're going to be coming down. All right. So let's uh, go to some questions. And by the way, coming up a little later in uh, today's show, I think everyone's going to be fascinated with this. Nine ways your home may be spying on you. Yeah, nine ways. So we'll talk about that. Let us uh, start with the Cora over at the Pitt and Frank LLC. It, and Cora, this is a really important story because this involves a story we've talked about. It's continuing. I'll tell you about this. You'll you'll shake your head, going, "Yep, you're right." And it's happening similarly in condos all across the country, including other places in Louisville. You may remember, we'll call her Marty, wrote in several months ago about her condo in a high-rise building. There are some reports that the balconies are a safety hazard and they need to be torn down. In fact, they've done some tearing down of the under part of the balconies. And Brett, I know we've talked with you about this as well. But there are also reports that only several of the balconies need to actually be repaired and few, if any, replaced. Now, there have been multiple votes by the condo board, according to Mon uh, Marty. Some of them maybe have been behind closed doors, maybe some not. But the, the some of the folks who live in this building are thinking something's wrong here. The reports are all over the place. Now they're putting some sort of deadline on getting this done in the next couple of months to start things going. It seems like to some it's being rushed, that there are, there are some reports they differ so uh, every vote seems to be different. And Marty says residents have lost confidence in their condo board, and some are feeling that this smells very fishy. So Marty wants to know, so what should she do and her fellow residents at this point? Cora? 
Uh, yes, Bob. And you're right. I think that that is happening all around the country. And Marty, I'm sorry that you're still experiencing that. Um, so what I would recommend at this point, feel free to reach out to an attorney to represent you in this matter. Um, have them show up to the meetings. I want you to continue to be involved in those meetings and any type of notice opportunities that you have. I think oftentimes we find homeowners who are frustrated with the decisions that are being made or how things are being handled on behalf of the HOA, but they're reluctant to get involved. Um, so if you have the opportunity to get involved, we would encourage you to do that. Make your voice be heard. And moreover, if you feel like the HOA is not doing the job as it should, not representing the homeowners uh, as they should be, and that the funds may not be used appropriately, decisions, um, estimates, so on and so forth, have an attorney be engaged just for oversight. I uh, am quite confident that perhaps the HOA as well has an attorney. So those legal professionals can talk to one another, um, exchange documents. And I think that that's a good way of checks and balances too, because you know that's a lot of money. These Juliet balconies and everything that we're talking about, especially if it's being sent, uh, spent unnecessarily, that can be very concerning for those homeowners to absorb. Um, not to mention it's changing the dynamic of that condominium complex. Um, and we talked about this in past episodes regarding mm -hmm. the marketability of the property, the usable square feet, uh, so on and so forth. So bottom line, I would encourage you to stay engaged in whatever opportunities are provided to you, stay informed, and then ultimately engage your professionals to assist you in those types of communications and getting your questions answered before it's too late. Yeah. So core, a couple of things there. First of all, the catch 22 on this is if they hire an attorney, that's a cost that's going to come out of whatever group of of homeowners or condo owners who want to pursue it. But at the same time, the attorneys for the condo association are also going to charge the condo association, which ultimately also comes out of the condo owners. So they're they're actually paying here and paying there, which doesn't sit well, I'm sure, with anybody. So and I don't know that there's an answer to that. I'm just making that statement. And then the other question is, at what point can there be some sort of injunction to stop any sort of procedures to eliminate or change the balconies before a thorough investigation has been done? Right. To your first point, Bob, um, you know, it, not only is it a catch-22, but I might even call it a double-edged sword. And mm. so you're right. You're paying out of one pocket and then paying out of the other pocket, just in different types of capacities. However, you know, it, it's it's just as those folks who choose to sell their home without a real estate agent, um, they think they're saving when in reality they're not. So I would apply that analogy to what's going on here. You want to engage the right professionals. And even though they are going to be compensated for the service that they provide to you, they're going to save you in the long run. Okay. So you want to engage your professionals to provide those services that you may not have been either licensed or trained for. Um, and then secondly, as far as an injunction or anything that you can mm -hmm. do, you know, short answer is I'm, I'm not sure that one might be granted, you know, absent some sort of abusive process. Um, I'm not sure that there would be a hearing in that regard. So long as those restrictions, those covenants, um, everything put to record um, as far as the powers uh, that the HOA has as a board and the voting and everything is being complied with. While some may disagree with the contractors, uh, the number of contractors that are bidding this out. Um, the recommendations and the time that it's taking, so long as they haven't abused any of those powers or uh, worse, that they have not complied with the restrictions or the powers that they have been granted. I'm not sure that, you know, what we can do. I understand mm -hmm. that there are a lot of people that have issues with their HOAs. And again, I think it comes down to getting the professionals involved.
people to ask the right questions and to just not turn a blind eye. I think that they're representatives of you and your neighbors. And as such, that should open the door to have honest conversations and address any concerns and unnecessary expenses that they may be exposed to. But final points here. So there may be an abuse of power. There may be, according to the fact pattern that has been established, multiple votes uh, and a variety of directions. So what constitutes the original vote, the second vote of primary votes that haven't been even tallied in public? So there's a lot of things that could point to an abuse here that needs to be looked at. And so final, Cora, an attorney like yourself, costs for any of our listeners who are wondering, I've got a condo, I got a problem. Where do they proceed? What do they do? Dollar wise, what are we looking at? Bottom line, I think engage a real estate attorney that specializes in this type of HOA representation. Typically, that's going to involve keywords such as HOA experience, uh, litigation, again, real estate. Those are the types of words that you want to look for in a practitioner of law and not just one that maybe practices in a different area. Get one that has a niche in this specific need so that they can make sure they're asking and reviewing the right documents and proffering the the best advice possible if it needs to go to court, if they need to get an, an injunction or a cease and desist or whatever the appropriate manner may be. Hiring the right professional, just like in anything that you de- do, is going to give you your best foot forward in solving this problem. All right, we move on. Let's go over to Brad. We spent a lot of time on this, but I think it's an important point for anybody who's stuck in this problem. And I know there are several condo uh, units around the city that have. So Brad, uh, let me just give you a quick uh, summation of one of my problem. I have an enormous tree in my backyard. It needed trimming. I called around. Prices were very high. I ended up hearing about a company called Certified Tree Care. I checked. They're bonded, insured. And then uh, their prices were reasonable. So they did the work a week and a half ago, and I was extremely happy with it. But I started wondering, did I do the right thing in searching out a tree company, a certified company to trim the tree? So what should, because I know a lot of, I've seen these trees that are halfway keeling over. What should our listeners do if they've got a problem with trees or abervites or shrubs that are tilting and going haywire? How do we seek out the right people? So I think the the thing that you'll hear out there is that you're looking for a certified arborist. Uh, those are the ones that actually know how trees develop, how they grow. They're the ones that are gonna, you're going to want for uh, any work that's close to the house, anything that puts you know uh, property you know at risk, uh, personnel at risk. Uh, you definitely want to make sure, like you did, to make sure that they're licensed, that they're insured. You know, maybe they're bonded, uh, but uh, there's an awful lot of people that will be storm chasers that will walk up, knock on your door and present themselves as, you know, tree trimming specialists. And then you got to remember that once they once they trim the tree, there's no putting it back on. So mm-hmm. take your time, find a professional, check their reviews, check their certifications, check their licenses and make sure that you're actually getting the specialists that you that you need. I will say that there is a difference between somebody who trims trees professionally and and rightly and people who actually remove trees uh there is a difference uh mm-hmm. people who trim trees there's there's more uh, specialization there's an art, art to it right that. Yeah. absolutely um so you do need to make sure that just like Cora was just saying you know find the professional that has the experience in the in the area that you need that tree cared for whether it's removal whether it's trimming stump grinding whether it's you know shrubs uh that require you know replacement those are all you know, different practitioners in those arts. If you want that name of the company that I use, by the way, just give me a call, uh, 376-5483, and I'll give that out to you. 
We move on in a moment. A reminder, we're, one of the things you want to look for, and we didn't even touch on this with the tree service, is looking for reviews to make sure the reviews are good. I actually did that. I went online to this company, and they've got multiple reviews, all of them positive. So I suggest looking for reviews. As I would tell you, if you're going to hire a realtor, uh, you need somebody who's doing the job and do, does it on a regular basis. And I would tell you, if you want to see our reviews as a, a shameless plug, but it's true, go to LouisvilleZillow.com or LouisvilleGoogle.com and read our reviews there. And you can also listen to what the sellers say about us in person. Go to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. All right, Cora, we go back over to you. Danny's mother passed away in March. She asks, uh, apparently her mom and her sister, Danny's aunt, owned the house in Joint Tennessee. Tennessee, tendency. Am I right? Yep. Yes. So Danny is wondering if her aunt is the sole owner of the house. She says her mom left everything else in the will to Danny herself. Thoughts? Great question. And I absolutely love estates. I have a passion for serving those fiduciaries, especially in this time of need. And when they're trying to move that real property, it is uber important that we have the correct representative and that they have authorization to act. So in your fact pattern, Bob, you said you had two people initially on the deed to the house mm -hmm. and one of them just passed away. Now mm -hmm. you mentioned joint tenancy. So I want to make a clarification here. Under Kentucky law, if the words joint tenants with rights of survivorship or a very similar variation is not included. The default manner in which um, more than one person will hold title to a real property is going to be tenancy in common. So what does that mean? Okay, well, let's just use Bob and I as an example. So Bob and I own a property. We really don't. But if we did and mm -hmm. we owned it as tenants in common, or in your scenario, it just says joint tenancy, that's not enough. It has to say joint tenants with rights of survivorship, that second piece has to be included in there. So therefore, in your example, it's going to be tenancy in common. If Bob or I die, our interest in that property goes to our heirs under intestacy laws, according to Kentucky's laws of descent and distribution, if I did not have a will, uh, or our will, okay, and what that our heirs may be, um, or beneficiaries may be that we have included in our last will and testament. Now, if you uh, conversely owned title as joint tenants with rights of survivorship, Bob and I own a property as joint tenants with rights of survivorship, one of us dies, our interest automatically at death goes to the surviving member. If I die, my interest automatically goes to Bob at death. It's a non-probatable asset. It doesn't matter what Kentucky's intestacy law say if I don't have a will, nor does it matter what my will says if I did have a will, because that asset is controlled by titling and therefore it flows outside of the estate. So in this scenario and thinking mm -hmm. that they just have one person that they're dealing with now, and that is the mm -hmm. sole title holder, that would be incorrect because if it just says joint tenants, I just told you that the default because it was incorrectly drafted will be tenancy in common. So we now have to ask questions for that decedent. Okay. Such as, is there a will? Has it been probated? Who is authorized to sign on behalf of the estate? Is it an executor or executrix? Does the will have power to sell real property? If they don't have a will, are we opening an estate and we have an administrator appointed to get an order to sell real property? And so on and so forth. So you can see that that opens up a whole nother can of worms and a whole nother layer to that onion that we have to peel back. Whereas if they held title as joint tenants with rights of survivorship and that deed was correctly drafted to reflect so, then of course their presumption would have been correct and they would be dealing with one sole title holder. And by the way, their spouse, if any, because we're dower law now, right? We have one title holder. Mm -hmm. We have a dower interest to account for. 
Now, we just went over a lot of stuff, folks. If you would like to hear this again and see it in person, and this is an easy thing to do, go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. That's LouisvilleAnswers.com. That's a redirect to our YouTube channel, and you'll be able to see the show and hear Cora's answer again because there was a lot of legalese in there. We get that, so this will help you decipher it by putting it up and watching it in slow motion if you need to as well, because I'm going to have to do that as well. We're going to take a break. When we come back, nine ways your home may be spying on you. With us continuing to the top of the hour, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM. Also, Cora Henderson, who's one of the head honchos over at Pitt & Frank LLC. Yes, you can pick the closing attorney you want. We pick Pitt and Frank. And her number is 895-9900. And if you're thinking about selling your home, I'd love to help you. And I would be more than happy to come out to see you in person, talk to you on the phone, talk to you via Zoom. It doesn't matter. It's free. No obligation. We can at least give you an idea what needs to be done. Call me at 376-5483. That's 502-376-5483. Or go to BobSellsLouisville.com. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840. WHAS. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, the area's largest home inspection company. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, inspect thousands of homes in Louisville and southern Indiana each year. And team makes all the difference. Extra sets of eyes and overlapping duties means a more thorough inspection and better value for you. Multiple teams mean we're able to inspect your home when you need it. Radon testing, home inspection, termite reports, one call does it all. Get the team, get home team. Pitt and Frank has been serving your community for over 30 years in real estate closings and our title professionals educate the real estate industry both locally and throughout the state. Tell your loan officer and realtor to close with Pitt and Frank where we pride ourselves on being your trusted real estate closing expert. Pitt and Frank, signed, sealed and delivered at 502-895-9900. That's 502 502- 895-9900. Shopping for a home? The place to start is Remax Properties East. Experienced, caring, top producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at Remax Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. In today's real estate market, you want someone you can trust in the driver's seat. In Louisville, that's Bob and Greg Sokola. Bob and son Greg have helped thousands of families just like yours turn challenges into solutions. They can give you a guaranteed sale of a custom marketing system to get your home sold on your timeline and for the most money, and they have an instant cash offer program. You deserve the best there is. Bob and Greg, go to WeSellLouisville.com. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show with you till the top of the hour. Thanks for staying with us, folks. Still with us, and we're thankful for that. Cora Henderson of Pitt & Frank LLC, who during the break was telling us she loves estate. So if you need, I guess, anything involving estates, this is the number to call and ask for Cora, 895-9900. Also, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM. He's also got team bug outs, so if you need pest control, 
800-800-7700. If you're thinking of selling your home, I would love to be part of that. And if you heard just a moment ago, Barbara Corcoran endorses us from Shark Tank. There's a reason because we do the job. Our reviews are great. LouisvilleZillow.com, LouisvilleGoogle.com. Read the reviews. Our team is, has got great reviews. You can call me anytime to talk about getting your home on the market. 376-5483. That's 376-5483 or BobSellsLouisville.com. Okay. I want to get each of your inputs here. Let me give you nine ways that you or your home may be spying on you. And the first one is rather simple. Security cameras. If you've got, and we, a lot of us do, right? We're all shaking our heads, security yeah. cameras. But they may not be so secure, such as a case in a recent court filing by the Federal Trade Commission alleges that home security company Ring allowed subcontractors and employees to total access to customers' cameras, some of which were placed in bathrooms and bedrooms. How do you think that's going to ring through? Yeah. Yep. Also, your laptop. A lot of us, including the one I'm coming to you on now, have little cameras in it, right? And there is software, malware that can be installed that's going to let it spy on you. So if you're not using your camera, you may want to consider they actually make covers to put over a little, even take some cardboard and put over it. Smart TVs. Believe it or not, the smart TVs, a streaming entertainment, delivering music, playlists, Pandora, Spotify, our favorite TV shows, Netflix, Hulu, and all those services. Well, behind the scenes, they're collecting data on your viewing habits through a technology called Automatic Content Recognition, ACR. Okay, we move on rather quickly. Smart meters. They allow you to monitor your energy uses, but they're also reporting back about what you're using and when you're using it. Home security systems. While the home systems help to protect the family and property, would-be thieves uh, also collect a long list of data from you, and information includes social security numbers, payment information, email addresses, and some companies also log video and audio foot footage. So be alerted to that. Your modem. Yes, it tracks what websites you go to. Smart refrigerators, you know, the ones that will tell you, oh, you need to buy more milk. Well, they're reporting back to people as well. A smart vacuum, you know, those, ro I have these as well. The little robot that goes around and automatically, well, they're also putting a layout together of your home and that can be reported back through their website. It's unbelievable. And even a printer sitting in just in the side of your house, in the corner, on your desk, may seem harmless. It's actually busily collecting data, potentially sending it off to a manufacturer. So be aware of some of the things that could be happening in the background as you're moving forward. We move back over to Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service. Tony writes in with this email. I've been hearing a lot recently about the dangers of radon gas, how dangerous it could be. I purchased a test kit for my home, but I don't know what levels are considered high could you please explain safe rate on levels to me and understand where there is anything I'll need to do after testing my home? So, yeah, are we big on these home test kits, Brad? So I'll tell you, the home test kits work fine for the homeowner because the homeowner has no incentive to falsify results. So I'm not going to poo-poo uh, the charcoal canisters that a homeowner can purchase and test mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in their own home. They're not valid for real estate transactions. That's a completely different set of equipment that, that monitors a lot of other factors beyond radon. But for a homeowner's test, if you send it off and you get a reading of four picocuries per liter or higher, then you need to do a mitigation uh, which is a system that basically goes into the soil beneath your house, whether it's beneath your your slab, whether it's beneath your duct, I mean your uh, your your floor of your basement, whether it's in your crawl space. But what they'll do is they suck a they put a point where it basically vacuums, it creates a a, a 
high pressure system that draws the radon to it and then it, it ejects it out through a pipe above the eaves of your home. Um, the problem with radon is it's the leading cause of lung cancer for non-smokers, second leading cause of lung cancer in general. Mm. Um, it's not something you want in your house. It is relatively easy to mitigate. I mean, a rough idea of cost, you're probably going to be somewhere about $1,000, maybe a little bit higher than that to install the system, but it's definitely worth testing your home, particularly if you've lived in your home and you've never tested or you've been in a home that has had some modifications like new doors, new windows, um, that will seal up a house pretty tight. So you may have had uh, not an elevated level of radon before, but with the modifications you've made, you uh, you may now have an elevated level of radon in your home. So yeah, I would always recommend testing. I've got a system that actually tests year round. So you can get those systems as well. Um, Air things is a, is a great source for um, those continuous monitors. Got it. Incidentally, if you want to see some of the videos we produce for our sellers and buyers and a whole lot more, head to LouisvilleHomesTV.com. That's LouisvilleHomesTV.com. And you'll see the excerpts from this radio show there as well as we post them. All right. We go back over to Cora. Goldie writes in and says she owns a duplex here in the Louisville area. She's wondering, can she take the second unit and create an Airbnb out of it? We're getting a lot of these Airbnb questions lately, folks. So this may be something of on a lot of people's minds. So what do you think? Airbnb? Yes, no. What do you think, Cora? Um, short answer, possibly. And so I would encourage Goldie to give us a call over at Penn and Frank. We want to talk through several different matters. Um, we may examine whether or not she currently has a conditional use permit. If we need to go through, in short, that's called cup the cup process to make sure that she's properly registered to have that Airbnb, what her intent for her business practice is, and also examine some business law procedures and documents with her, uh, such as if we want to form a separate LLC to uh, host the real property. If we want to go ahead and form several different entities for this Airbnb business, how she anticipates it being run in the reservation system. So um, I would encourage her to reach out to the professionals uh, and that way we can help her plan not only for the short answer of whether or not this can be done, but if she wants to do it, there's always a way. And we want to make sure that all the documents and legal requirements are complied with. But yes, you're right. Airbnbs yeah. are very popular and profitable from what I understand. So likewise. So Goldie, we're only a few moments away from giving out phone numbers. You'll be able to get the number for Cora Henderson over at Pitt and Frank in just a minute. Final question here for Brad Lawler over at Home Team Inspection Service. Stefan sent us an email. He is going to buy a beautiful home, or he was, that was only six years old. He had it inspected. The report was a disaster. Luckily, he had the septic inspected. Apparently, it had not been cleaned or serviced since it was six years ago. Additionally, the lines going to the house, the system needed to be replaced. There were more problems, and he's now scared because if it's six years old and there are problems, well, older homes that have septics also have problems as well. He wants to know, was this simply a some sort of one-off on this uh, problem with this house? Or is there something that he would experience on a regular basis? Well, I, I I think the short answer to the septic tank itself is six years is probably about the norm uh, for the time that you would need to have it pumped out, cleaned out, and mm -hmm. inspected. I think the bigger thing is is that the 
the drain line was probably damaged during construction. We often see in new construction homes where the drain lines have been collapsed because they, they run heavy equipment over them. So this is probably one of those situations where, again, we're always going to advise somebody buying a new home that, one, you need to have it inspected. Two, you need to have a sewer scope or a, in this basically the main drain line run to make sure that there it's not damaged because that's probably you know occurred during the time that the home was under construction so not uncommon but it happens whether you're on a sewer or whether you're on septic uh, under new construction and then just the septic tank yeah you're gonna service those normally every three five years uh, depending on how many people live in the house and how much you know waste is actually going through the uh, through the system and into the tank and out into the uh, the leaching field Got it. A reminder to everybody, if you're thinking of selling, we have a free no-obligation booklet that has hundreds of useful tips you want to copy. And by the way, we also have how to prepare for an inspection and how to prepare for photography for listing your home. These are all different books that we little booklets and little handouts that we've got. Send me an email, bob at wesellouisville.com and put selling tips in the subject line and I'll send all that out to you. We're out of time. My thanks to Cora Henderson over at Pitt and Frank LLC. You can choose the closing attorney that you want and they are among the best in the city. I'm telling you, I'm there on a regular basis. Cora, I see Cora all the time. You can reach Cora and her crew at 895-9900. And the same can be said in terms of uh, inspections and bug elimination of over at home, home team inspection service. They come in like a team and I would highly recommend them. If you're going to have a home inspection, you can reach Brad and his team. And if you need termite control, they can do that too. 844-411-TEAM is the direct number for Brad. And if you're thinking of selling, please, I would love to be able to help you. Call me, talk to me by phone, in person. It's free, no obligation to talk and come up with a plan. And we've got buyer agents as well who are ready, ready, willing, and able to get you out into the home and look for a house because it's going really quick. That's the key right now. You've got to be able to jump on the home that comes on the market in just a day. We just put one on the market uh, three days ago. We had multiple offers and sold it within 24 hours. So just to let you know, the market's hot. You just have to have an agent who's willing to jump out there and get you into the house to see it. Call me, 376-5483, or start the bowl rolling by go to bobsellslouisville.com. We're out of time. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.